Ready on the roar. As Ireland weave their attacking tapestry and Aki frees the hands. Here's an opportunity. It's Shugo Keenan! Ireland cleaves Scotland to ribbons. Shugo Keenan sears home of the corner. And Scotland have a mountain of Himalayan proportions to scale now. First phase attacking brilliance from the number one team in the world. Ball out the back, short ball, but the hands are free, so that keeps it alive. And again, the offload. Keenan gets the try, but what execution from the Irish backline. Perfection. Yes, absolute perfection from Ireland. A wonderful try to Hugo Keenan, which helps set up an absolute thumping of Scotland in a Rugby World Cup blockbuster at the Stade de France in Paris on Saturday night, Sunday morning Australian time. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, powered by ASICS, and I'm joined by my regular Raw Rugby podcast co-host, Harry Jones. And very specially, we welcome from the Stade de France, Irish rugby social media commentator, Kian O'Milloa on the ground for us for the instant reaction to Ireland's 36-14 win over Scotland. Kian, welcome. Harry, how was that? Oh, man, that was shoulder to shoulder, standing tall. Options, depth, space, slingshot effect. I really think Holyrood was burned and ransacked to the ground tonight. Ian, talk us through it. The atmosphere there at the stadium was coming through my TV screen at breakfast time how was it there on the ground yeah yeah well there was uh there was there was plenty of uh, fans of both sides uh out at the fan zone in Stad- and uh, St. Denise up here uh from fairly early on so I think uh the spirits were high from both sides and it definitely carried through in the stadium uh, although I think maybe some of the Scottish fans ended up leaving a little early so did some of the French lads who were shouting for Scotland beside us too <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the grand old conspiracy plan fell over pretty quickly, didn't it, in the end? It's, the, this, this whole idea that Ireland and Scotland would come together and shake hands and conspire to knock South Africa out just didn't quite play play it through. Um, I mean, we were, it, was, it threatened all week that it was going to be a blockbuster. And, I mean, 36-14 doesn't sound like it, but that was a hell of a game of football, mate. How... I mean, you must be, I can see it in your face, but you must be absolutely thrilled with that performance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how, how could you not be? I mean, to be honest, I honestly, before the match, I thought we played the system, you know, hard work defence, kick for grass, long around 22, look for space in behind, last second options. And we had all that. Um, but what I wasn't really expecting was, I thought Scotland with a 6-2 split, that they'd look for more parity in the ruck in the set piece. We just didn't get it. Scotland's scrum and their lineup just evaporated, and they really weren't contacting those rooks in the middle of the field. They weren't getting those turnovers where they needed them, and they, they weren't slowing Ireland down significantly that I could tell. And uh, Ireland's just ran with that as, as well as I want to, you know. Yeah, yeah, Harry Ireland's defence and their patience in defence was just—it was suffocating in the end, wasn't it? You know, the counter rock, which has been on, you know, for two years now, and the teams that have cottoned onto that and said, we can counter uh, are really on, on the ascendance. And I thought Ireland countered really successfully, coming in two different types of uh, counter. Sometimes they came early, sometimes they came late. 
but it uh, Scotland did not reckon for it, didn't bargain for it, and often um, lost a ball that looked secure at first, and the, and they were off to the races. I mean, it was actually like the Irish sang the Scottish the lullaby because there were times when I really felt Scottish Scotland was asleep. There was no conspiracy. There was just a Celtic crush. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great way. It's a great point of, of saying it. You all know and love the instant reaction format, and we're really, really thrilled to be able to bring this to you, uh, to a non-Wallabies game. This is going to be nice to actually react to a game that I've got no skin in and no emotion attached to. But these, of course, are our instant post-match thoughts on what we've just seen in Paris. We'll cut their headline summary in just a minute, and we'll go through them. Then we'll move on to stocks rising and falling after this match. So we'll quick cast a quick eye on the remaining games this weekend, and then what we know about the quarterfinals already. So let's get into it. Um, we'll kick off with a headline. Harry, what have you got for us? Stad the Zombie. This <laughs> World Cup is being played in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Doesn't really need any explanation, does it? Does not. Kian, what have you got for uh, us? Simple hot the bin is Celtic conspiracy implodes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's that's really good. I had uh, my my headline editors come through for me again, uh, Harry, and I've just got gone in thirteen minutes, and that yeah. was the time that, for the first couple of tries. And there was it was a it, it, we just heard there in that in that clip, um, Jamie Lyle, friend of the pod, um, on the world feed there, and he, and he said it that was after he came to try, and that was the twenty sixth minute. But his line there was that it's a comeback of of of. Himalayan proportions. It was going to be a massive comeback from there. And at 20, what was it, 20, 31 nil? Or 31 nil it was, 24 nil at halftime or whatever it was. They, It was hard to see any way of Scotland coming back. They just try as they might. They just could not get into this game, Harry. Yeah, well, the comeback opportunity for the Scotland was actually earlier on when they had 18 phases uh, and they were camped out and they had, I think, about three or four different advantages yeah. in which to play from. They actually capitalized on those and got deeper uh, field positions, but they got counter-rocked, they got turned over. Uh, it just seemed like they decelerated into contact uh, after yeah. a while. Uh, and then I think when that failed, you just had the sense, oh, you really had, you had, that, you had that opportunity to rest back control. Because early tries can sometimes work against you. Sometimes you score yes. an early try, it's too easy. We've seen that three times in the World Cup, this World Cup. But Scotland had that, and then it just could not get it. I did think it was funny, though, that Nick Berry stopped uh, an Irish try and was, at that time, I think, the most successful person on the field at stopping Irish attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and to his credit, actually tried to catch the ball. It's hit his chest. He actually tried to catch the actually tried to catch the rebound, and he he was he was very apologetic. The uh, the, the the, uh, the referee all of a sudden. It would have been hard to see five Irish forwards switching to the blind side as as they did there, Keno. How that was a moment of levity in the moment. I'm not sure how you saw that one in the stand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was an odd one, especially with all the uh, the substitutions that ended up happen happening. Is that uh, Ireland end up with a lot of players in places where you wouldn't expect to see them? I mean, we had Gibson Park on the wing. Yes, we had Ringrose on the other wing. <laughs> um, and and you had Hugo Keenan but, intercepting as Johnny Sexton passed the score. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is it still a pass to you if you intercept it? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I bet you. I bet you Johnny's still claiming the try assist. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're damn sure. I bet you he was annoyed he got taken off uh, when he did, despite the fact that we were the home and house at that point. Yeah. That's the kind of player and, he is. We will take absolutely was, everything going to him. And that was interesting, wasn't it? Um, you know, Sexton came off in weird, uh, forty uh, in the 45th minute after it was 31 nil, yeah. And then it was only about six or seven minutes later that we saw the Irish version of the bomb squad, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all go on at the same time. And, uh, and you could, there was a genuine, uh, there was a genuine lift in the stadium, Kino. All of a sudden it was like, all right, the boys are on, here we go. So how was that? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, you, you think it might have more impact if there was more in the game at still at that point. But I mean, looking at where the game was, I mean, Scotland are essentially the worst attacking team we've played in this World Cup. You know, I mean, Romania scored against them in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's a really uh, but, I mean, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, trust in that bench. I mean, it, it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing bench to bring on. It's, it's not it's not the kind of bench depth really that Ireland had at any point up until now. Uh, to be able to bring on the likes of I mean, Kelleher, Beelham, I mean, you could even make an argument Beelham and, uh, and uh, Furlong are not that far apart at the moment. No, in no. uh, to be able to bring them off the bench, Ryan and Conan as well. And some of the players, a player of the stature, Conor Murray, the experience he has of finishing out games when you've got that much to believe, it's, it, it's just amazing. It's a huge. But a shout out, a shout out to Crowley. Crowley, yet again, as a young player has come on, and yes, the match was out of you know, it was, it was out of question pretty much at that point. But he did, a, he did a brilliant job. He is a player who can not only see through the plan at out half, but he can also create things if they're necessary. He's got that feel to him. And yes. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do further down the line. Yeah, he laid on a beautiful little uh, little little kick there for um, for Ringrose try late. Um, yeah, it, it honestly looks like the Island number 10 jerseys in safe hands going forward, even, even post Johnny Sexton, which is... Which is good. Um, stocks rising. Let's get straight into it. And I think, I think the the real cop out here, Harry, is that is that Ireland stocks just keep rising here because they're they they probably I don't know if they needed to make a statement, but they did make a statement very early on, and they put this contest to bed early, and that just that just said to the rest of the tournament, here we are, come and knock us off. Yeah, as for a team that hasn't lost in ages and is number one and been number one for ages, it didn't seem 17 like seventeen straight getting, wins. I think I heard. Yeah, yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't seem like they were getting the favorite tag that you deserve when you're that way. So I think, uh, but tonight I think put that mantle on them and and maybe heavy lies the crown. But I will say this: uh, for my stocks rising, we talked about Jack Crowley. Jack Crowley looks like Gary Ringrose's twin. So I feel like they have yes. telepathy between them. It's yes. bizarre. Uh, are they cousins? Yes. I'm not sure. Uh, the loose trio continues to uh, rise. I just think there hasn't been a, a, a balanced trio, almost old school six, seven, eight trio like this. Uh, they they cover for each other's deficiencies. They are better than the sum of their parts. I think they have 50 tackles. Uh, they just seem to be able to play any style of game. And then I think maybe um, Gary Ringrose himself, a man who always runs downhill. He looks like he's falling, but he always falls well. And uh, <laughs> his, his falls turn into breaks. Uh, and yeah. a shout out as well for, I mean, I know that anyone like Keenan really knows Hugo Keenan. But for the world who hasn't heard this guy's name, on defense, on attack, he's always in the right 
effing yeah. place. Yeah. And if you're a, if you're a, an opponent, it drives you crazy. He doesn't look like much. He looks like a just a random guy off the street, and he just plays rugby like it's supposed to. Yeah, he's a proper yeah. rugby fullback, Kino, and that's that's the the thing I I love about him. Who who where your stocks rising? This is your this is where your chance you can just start rattling off names. Here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually I'm, not, I'm actually not going to name names because it's it, it's really hard to name names when you have a fairly complete team performance like that. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say about Keenan is one of my favorite things someone else has said about him is he always looks like he's being he runs like he's being chased by a bear. <laughs> Yes, true. <laughs> he's, he, he's never he's never jogging. He's always pelting it like his yes. life depends on it. Yes. Like he's exiting stage left in a Shakespearean play. Anyway, uh, so stocks rising. Uh, the Linus. The Irish yeah. Linus was yeah. good brilliant call. today. Uh, really good I mean, uh, defensively, our Linus has been good. We've been stealing a fair bit of ball. But, uh, you know, our own Linus has had its issues. There's been, you know, there's, there, there are some... Things that contribute to that. We've been trying to throw more to the center and the, to the middle of the back. Uh, I think trying to set up more opportunities for uh, those set piece moves that uh, that we love pulling, or trying to pull off at least yes. anyway. Um, but uh, today it sang. It absolutely sang. Um, hopefully that's not laid at the feet of James Ryan not starting. <laughs> um, but, you know, I suppose we'll see in a week's time. Uh, our defense. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. I, I, it's, it's hard to say it's stock rising because Ireland's defense has been good for such yes. a long time and it's really it's a, a, a key weapon. And, you know, defense wins yeah. the tournaments, yada, yada, yada. But to use defense as a weapon. Yeah. There yeah. were defenses, points in the defense where we're driving them 5, 10, 15, 20 meters back without the ball. Mm. And to an attacking side like Scotland where they thrive on live ball in hand and creating options. That's a Nisma. That is just going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and then last stock rising, it's kind of a bit of a cheap, but I'm going to say Sexton. Uh, the man is essentially about three days away from getting a bus pass by all accounts. But he keeps <laughs> delivering. He keeps on delivering. Yeah. That was an imperious display by uh, yeah. a quarterback defense, a quarterback kind of display. Like he guides the offense, he steers it, he calls it. He yeah. knows exactly what he wants, and the team know how to deliver it for him because they will get an absolute bollocking if they don't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my stuff. And look, it's got to it's got to be said to be able to do all of that and to be able to steer a team around and to maintain his fitness and. And Andy Farrell and the coaching team are managing his well, managing him well, to be able to get that performance out of a guy in his early fifties. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's imagine, just setting things up nicely. It really imagine is. how imagine how quickly Eddie Jones would have dropped him too. Like ah, oh, that guy was really <laughs> would have dropped him two World Cups ago. Uh, I'll throw in I'll throw in a, two two bonus stock, stocks rising for you. Um, Quick tap, pick and drive moves. We've yes. been talking about this, Harry, and yeah. both teams did it, but Ireland did it three or four times, five metres out in the middle of the field. Fuck it, let's just go. They they used the hooker, right, Kino? They did, yeah. They, they were using yeah. Kelleher. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, look, I'll give Nick Berry a shout because I thought he actually played that game yeah. really well. It was it – was, both teams wanted to play open and he let it flow. And, yes, there was the moment where he's caught him behind that ruck and he's caught the ball in the chest, but – 
I reckon that's about his only indiscretion. And I say that because I did see some social media commentary, predominantly out of South Africa, funnily enough, Harry, that was trying to find fault with how he was handling the game. And, Keno, I can see you <laughs> buttoning your my, lip here. My only fault was that I, I feel like he should have let the niggle go on longer because I was really <laughs> Longer than someone in the over the bloody organs. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, the commentators described that as a moment of, of WWE when, uh, when, <laughs> when she... Oh, my God, and... it's the Spanish announcer's table. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It was great. Did you have a? Did you have any stocks falling then, Kino? And 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 we can talk about Scotland here if we need to as well. Yeah, it's 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 pretty heavily scotched on this yeah. one, I'm afraid. Um, to be honest, we're gonna have to start with the, the headline one for me, which is Townsend. I actually have no idea what he was trying to do in that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he went with a six-two split, and to me, that kind of said, okay, you're gonna go. Heavy up the rock, you're going to try and gain parity of the fetties. And we just saw none of us. Yeah. And yeah. they weren't, they weren't drawing, they weren't drawing in the line at all. They were trying to find an edge that wasn't there. They were going wide, wide. And there was at least one defender, if not two, every time we got out to the wide man. And they're not getting game line. They're not getting the edge. I don't know what they were trying to do. Honestly, it was just left. Um, Scottish kind of forwards off the back of that are also start falling for me. They, they just they were they were seconds in the races yeah. in every yeah. aspect of the game. Rock, Minot, Moore, Strom, they really yeah. just didn't provide a platform whatsoever. And you know, as dangerous as Scotland's backline is, and it's bloody dangerous, if you don't give them a platform, what are they gonna do with it from? No, no, we didn't see Duan Vandermeer at all, Harry, and and that was because of the Irish defence, certainly. Yeah, so stocks falling were conspiracy theories in general. Of course, uh, hardly yeah. any conspiracy theories are true. Um, they have to be like blood-soaked and organised crime and well-laid. The only conspiracy I could detect was a conspiracy against Duan Vandermeer, the Afrikaner android, because someone said, <laughs> let's make sure that he only gets the, the ball when he's getting smashed by three guys. I mean, it made no sense. That's, that's your game-breaker. He has amazing stats on breaking tackles, but they never put him in any space at all. Uh, I think the second thing is, yes, let's go Gregor Townsend because he had a lot of time to circle this match, uh, as did Andy Farrell, who looked really animated, by the way. It's the most animated I've yes, ever seen true. Andy Farrell look. He was like an anime uh, character. Um, and he was just out of his skin. And Gregor just looked like defeated from the out. And I just think... You have all this time, you have all this preparation, you have so much IP on um, on Ireland, you play them every year, you have so much cross-pollination, you play in the URC. I just didn't understand why it was so stillborn. It was like nothing yeah. ever came out. It was, yeah, it was the, it was a terrible display. And I really felt for the Scottish players, some of whom are coming to the end of their career. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good point. I, I was going to mention the 6-2 Scotland split and, and it was, and it was kind of undone early, wasn't it? Because Jamie Ritchie went off uh, holding his left arm yeah. oh, 18 and 19 minutes in. Uh, Blair Kinghorn went off for an HIA, which he ultimately failed. That was four minutes in he was off. And so it really felt like at that point that all their planning and all that for their, for their bench and to be used to particularly using a 6-2 split, it, it, just, it was already falling apart and it was going to be 
awfully difficult to come back um, from that. Uh, we've mentioned him a couple of times before, but um, he was a very satisfied Johnny Sexton uh, talking to Rob Vickerman on the World Feed. Well, Johnny Sexton, on the back of being brought up at 45 minutes, give quite a good analysis on this. First and foremost, what type of atmosphere is it you're witnessing here? Yeah, I, th I thought it wouldn't get any better after uh, South Africa a couple of weeks ago, but they proved me wrong again. Uh, it's incredible. They just keep turning up for us. And it's important that we keep turning up for them because, like I said last week, they give us the best days of our lives and we give them something similar, I'm sure, if you look around at some of the faces. So we're delighted to, to win the pool, um, but we know this is where we want to be now in the quarterfinal against the toughest opposition that we could get. And, um, you know, the, the way the draw was made three years ago, it, it turned out a bit unfair, but now we, we, it's the hand that we're dealt and we've got to be ready for the New Zealand next week. Seems like you've got a ferocious focus within the squad, within the team. What is it you're saying collectively about the spirit and where you're at the moment? Well, I think that uh, we're, we're given the trust by the management to, to go and enjoy ourselves on our time off so that we come back to work, we're refreshed and, and we're excited to come back to work. And, um, you know, sometimes we, we live on the edge there. Uh, we might go a bit too far. We got, I think we got criticised for celebrating after South Africa game, but we were allowed to fast trust us and uh, we turn up the train hard, we, we prepare well, and uh, we got the result that we needed tonight. So, guys, um, still a couple of interesting games to come on Sunday uh, in, in, in France. Japan, Argentina will decide who runs second in Pool D. That's going to be an interesting one. Tonga, Romania could be good for entertaining value afterwards. And then Fiji, Portugal is the one that um, Australian fans are keeping a highly optimistic eye on <laughs> this we're, we're talking about comebacks of, of himalayan proportion kino um australia's fan australian fans wishing upon portugal getting up here is beyond himalayan this is the optimistic of optimistics yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm a data analyst in the statistician by trays so i mean i know yeah. Oh, I, don't need to, I don't need you to go on any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> unlikely, no, no, no. Unlikely things do happen. They're just very unlikely. <laughs> yes, yes. I had to. I had to laugh, Harry. Um, I saw uh, on the on the on the on the Rugby World Cup uh, website there was um, there's a little stats analyst um, analysis feed from uh, from Opta Sports and there was a chance of winning the World Cup. And when I first saw it, Australia were 0.01. And then I went back to it. Someone else pointed me back to it, and they're up to point four. I thought, "Oh, we're getting <laughs> chances <of> going up." <laughs> Still not great, but they were going up. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how we go. So already we've now got some quarterfinals. Uh, we've got some quarterfinals locked in um, for for next week. Wales will play uh, probably the winner of. Well, they will play the winner of Japan and Argentina. Ireland will face New Zealand in, uh, mm. in the second quarterfinal. Uh, England will play Fiji, probably. Probably Fiji, uh, yeah. Probably Fiji. Uh, that is on the Sunday. And then France will play South Africa, and you will be there, Harry Man. What do you think of that? Yeah, thank you very much, Scotland, for not making me sweat at all. I mean, after five minutes, I was like, my tickets yeah. are safe. Uh, no, it was, it was uh, I'm ready for it. And this is when we watch uh, South Africans knock the French out of their own World Cup. Because, as we know, it's an Irish World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like very good way of getting me back outside there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they're in our first half. 
<laughs> there was there was a moment, Harry, while you were saying that, and Keno was thinking, "What on earth is? Oh no, I'm back. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good." How? I mean, it sort of feels like though. How do we think we'll fill those? Oh, Fiji will 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 get the pool C slot. Japan, Argentina. How do we see that going? Ooh. I, so I've said Argentina is picking at the right time because they're the right things in place. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to have one of those, you know, backlash uh, slipbacks, but Argentina has a proper back five, proper hooker, yep. proper yep. line out, a decent scrum, and they have good kickers. And that should be enough to get them across the line against Japan. Yeah, yeah, I think Argentina's, yeah, I think Argentina's problems were more situational than systemic, and I think that's exactly what the problem with Japan is at the moment. I don't think they're, they're, they're really up to up to snuff. I don't think they have much higher ceiling than what they're playing at the moment, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd back Argentina to do this. And, you know, I can speak from experience, you know, supporting a team that's been ticked over by both teams in the World Cup, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it, it will actually be, it, it will be a genuinely interesting game because neither have risen to any great heights in this tournament so far, and it sort of feels like they've fallen into a round of 16 type game and they both might be able to find the performance they need to go forward and then lose in a quarterfinal but the fact that they're actually playing for it is interesting considering the way they've played and it's yeah. also nice that, that there was there was the argument about the Scottish misfortune of being in the pool of death and I think maybe the way they bombed out against both the box and Ireland it makes the thing feel less unfair. If it makes sense. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe they wouldn't have dominated the other side of the draw. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, there was yeah. a suggestion that, that, that any other pool they'd get through, but I'm not, I'm actually not 100% sure about that. Yeah. They, they really yeah. underperformed. I think uh, the other team that, that hasn't really stood up yet is Japan, though, because you yes. think there is quality there. So I'm, I'm with you guys. Anything could happen, but I would put, you know, if I put my 100 bucks, I'd put it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we will look into all of this in a bit more depth in the weekly pod out in a few days' time. But I think, guys, that is another instant reaction behind us after Ireland's 36-14 win over Scotland this morning in Paris. Our thanks to Rugby Kino for joining us from the start. Kino, go hard, Thank go you. Hard. Thank you go really for jo- enjoying us. <laughs> no, 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 it's all about it's all about the beards and the baseball caps today, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, good on you, mate. Go and go and enjoy the uh, go and enjoy the celebrations. They will last long. Oh, for sure. They will be, they'll be <laughs> really worth enjoying. We'll have all the fallout today, tomorrow, and throughout the week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby world cup analysis and opinions and conversations. Thanks so much for your company, Harry. And I will be back on Wednesday morning Australian time. Where we'll have. Another great guest for another great episode of the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by Asmus, where we'll look a bit deeper into the, every inch of this blockbuster this, that this game was uh, and on the quarterfinals being decided. And as required or if required, we'll continue the continuation or issue the last rights on the Wallabies 2023 Rugby World Cup campaign. Bye-bye.